It's a Christmas wish for the mom she never had. That's what I want. You want a mom for the holidays. Now, with a little magic, a miracle is coming to life. Hi. When the magic spell is over... Midnight! Can one little girl's love keep the magic alive? Till Christmas, never forget. Olivia Newton-John's first TV movie, A Mom for Christmas, on NBC Monday. Hello, everybody. My name is Andrew. And I'm Mark. And you are listening uh, to Television Movie Night in a sultry, swampy, swarthy April... April showers bring really hot insides to Los Angeles. Mark, it is like 90 degrees today. It's supposed to be even hotter tomorrow. Yeah, Andrew, it's amazingly hot. Uh, I woke up in the middle of the night um, just sweating, and but mm-hmm. also cold at the same time. And I was like, oh boy, it must be warm. And then I was like, oh no, the air conditioner's on. Oh, that's right. It's the creeping terror. That's That's what woke me up. All right, yeah. That's, oh, that's, that's that like that sleeping bag monster from that mystery science theater movie. No, a a, a feeling of dread has overcome oh. me. But then I also checked the thermostat and I was like, well, it is a little warm. Okay. Yeah, it's uh, it's the we've got the hot Santa Ana winds that are just starting to blow around, and also it's just a, it's going to be a billion degrees. Some say it's a hot one. Uh, some say it feels like seven inches from the midday sun. I, I don't, I, you know, again, I don't want to cite sources, but, uh, tell tales out of school, but uh, apparently it's, it is a hot one. Yeah. Andrew, I generally don't follow the, uh, the weather report or mm-hmm. use the weather app on my phone. I just wait for you to text me and say, hot enough for you. Yeah. It's, uh, that's what, that's, that's what I know. Okay. It's hot now. It's hot. I'm like Puxatawney Phil, where if you get that text from me, you know that, uh, yes, it is it is hot enough for me. <laughs> Mark, how's your last week of April going? We have uh, we we we've we've soldiered through this month for the most part. May is coming up. Oh, yes. Is is it the last week of April or my last week? Period. Well, to say? I, you know, it's, we like to leave we like to leave a, a bit of a, um, you know, a cliffhanger. Yeah, uh, if you will. Yeah, it's um, uh, we are recording on the day of the NFL draft, Mark. The There's virtual the NFL, draft. The vir- well, it's a virtual draft, but it's it's an it's an actual NFL draft that's taking place. Uh, there, the uh, commissioner of football is is uh, making uh, pick announcements from his basement right now. Yeah. Did you uh, did you get drafted this year? Are you where are you going? The Ravens. Uh, no, Andrew, as you know, I burned my NFL draft card. Uh, uh, that's right. I do remember this. A silent protest when they raised the price of uh, a foot-long hot dog at the stadium. I, yeah, that I, I do was, remember you doing this. Yeah, there, that image in most history books and uh, <laughs> at the at the opening credit sequence of the Wonder Years. That's me burning my draft card <laughs> saying uh no i will not play for the chargers it's nor it's will you, i play for any other team it's you putting flowers into t-shirt cannons uh an army of t-shirt cannons uh people with uh, t-shirt guns lined up and you're you're putting a single daisy in the barrel of each one also um when i said that i was gonna run to canada it was mainly because i like their like 60 yard playing mm. pitch and uh three downs 
I don't know yeah. anything about Canadian football. I don't know. Uh, yeah, I think uh, each each game is like 17 minutes, I want to say. Because um, of the you, metric system. You, Time is yeah. different up there as well. If you score a field goal, like everybody comes out onto the field and uh, like a debate happens, I believe. Yeah, it's very odd. There's it's a lot of uh, a lot of confusing rules, but people people really appreciate the fundamentals. If it's a tied game at the end, you just start playing hockey. That's what I know about <laughs> Canadian football. Yeah, they roll up the turf right then and there, and you better have your skates on because there is no stop down in between the end of that game and then oh, no. the it's, hockey it's su- right into the death. next. So some people just they're just getting out there on cleats, just really mucking up the ice. Mark, speaking of mucking up the ice, television movie night, your home and resource for made flawless for TV transition. movies. I, this is what I do during the quarantine: is I just come up, uh, you know, I, it's I'm I'm in the lab, just coming up with these segues. Yeah, I'm sure. And uh, uh, you know, I some I roll them out, and people people seem to be really reacting to it. The the the, the, the mad scientist is here, and you're you're seeing uh, all of my formulas. Mark, TV Movie Night, your home and resource for made-for-TV movies here in the month of April. We've been talking about our slow descent into madness, but also early 90s made-for-TV movies. Tangentially to that, uh, we also watched some movies. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's more of a, uh, a cry for help. And then also uh, the benefit is occasionally we will mention made-for-TV movies. And conveniently in the month of April, we've been talking about early 90s made-for-TV movies. We've watched... Archie to Riverdale and back again. We have watched uh, Working Trash. We watched uh, uh, Prophet of Evil. And, the Herbal uh, LeBaron story. That's correct. Starring the late, great national treasure himself. Jackie Earl uh, Haley. That's right. Freddie himself. Yeah. And if I'm wrong, I'm sure we'll cut this out come Monday. This week, Mark, though, we wanted to lift our spirits and talk we about something. We watched LifePod. We did watch that. Oh, you're right. Yes, we did watch LifePod. This this month has been unbearably long. We usually don't do five movies, but here we are. Yes, last week we watched, we watched LifePod, a sci-fi update of the Hitchcock film Rope, I want to say. Um, uh, yeah, that's what it was. Yeah, family, uh, family plot. An episode of Alfred Hitchcock Presents. That's uh, right. It's the one where he keeps uh, running into that police officer after he kills his wife. Oh, yeah, that's a good one. That's a bit the, the world's most helpful police officer. <laughs> he just he's like, oh, you ran out of gas. I'd love to help you. I, I, I'll take you right to the gas station. This is great. Like it's that guy's like first day. It seems like he's just he's just excited to be there. I don't I don't even want to catch a criminal. I just want to help people. That's what I'm all about. <laughs> Uh, this week, though, Mark, we wanted to lift our spirits, and so we turned to that holly jolly time of year, the Christmas time, and we watched the NBC film A Mom for Christmas, fulfilling our contractual obligation to watch every four Christmas. Uh, well, a film. blank, a family member for Christmas. Yeah, a, well, a blank for Christmas. It could be a dog, it could be, uh... Like a job. I'd love a job for Christmas, Mark. I've oh, said this Jesus for years. Jesus Christ, that would be a real change of pace. If Santa showed up and he's like, yeah, I got you a fucking job. And I'm like, oh, God, here we go. Uh, my birthday is coming up. So if uh, birthday Santa wants to get me a job, man, I'd love that as well. A, no, job, we for, a, a job for today would also be a great gift. <laughs> well, yeah, it's um, 
But, you know, Mark, I don't want to interrupt my segue writing. That's kind of, the, I've, I've kind of got a flow going. Yeah. I wake up at like 1130, just really dread getting out of bed, finally roll out of bed about 1245, play Animal Crossing for like three hours, and then really get down to brass tacks of coming up with really solid segues to roll out in our podcast. All right. And I'm ready to hear this next one. Here we go, everybody. Here we go. Get ready. Everybody, hold on to your butts. We're going to talk about this movie, A Mom for Christmas, in a segment I like to call... Um, hold on. I got... Uh, it's I, it's here somewhere. I. Oh, good God. No, hold, hold on. No, hold on. Hold on. I... You know, some, when you do new material, you have to... It's... Um, uh, ah, okay. All right. What do you... What do you... What do you know? What do you, what do you know? That's the segment. And hit it, Johnny. Mark, what do you know about a mom for Christmas? Uh, Andrew, virtually nothing. Virtually nothing. I, I love that uh, mid-90s PC point-and-click adventure, virtually nothing. Yeah, uh, you, it, was, uh, <laughs> it was one of the few games that you could buy... And be disappointed in and not be angry that they had misled you because you really just loaded it and it was the DOS screen. And they're like, and you're, no, and man. You're like, yeah, this this makes sense. This, we told this you. is fine. Told you it was and nothing. Then you start, you, but you start looking in the folders on the on the disc and you're like, oh, there's some backgrounds in here. I guess I could put that on my computer. Um, but, those, but yeah, yeah it's, but all it's those backgrounds are just black screens. Nothing. Just nothing. It was just, just nothing a, just on your computer. Not screen. even, not even a blinking cursor. Like you think the computer is off. Yeah. Yeah. I bought that at a uh, at a computer show. I went to the uh, Lucas County Fairgrounds, and they just had a bunch of people there and tables, and you could just buy software. And I'm like, Dad, I gotta get virtually nothing. Uh, yeah. I. I fine. I, thought that, it, I, thought I got that big ass box. You know, the, it, there's only a, just a CD-ROM in it, but it used to come in these big old boxes. It was great. Yeah, I thought that I thought that I was buying uh, one of the extra large cereal boxes, <laughs> and then I opened it and I was like, "There's a CD-ROM? What the fuck?" I remember the first time that I actually bought a computer, uh, like a computer program that didn't come in that big box, and I thought I was getting shortchanged. But you realize that you're like, "Why did they sell it in those huge boxes?" I, that's that's a confusing thing for me. I guess people were just like. Look, man, it's got a. We gotta fill the shelf space somehow. It's a big. Look at the big. This big box. You're gonna see the big box. I, I, my theory, and this is not backed up by literally zero research, but uh, those boxes, you, there used to be like instruction manuals inside of them, and I think it yes. was the size of the instruction manual that determined like how big the box for Monkey Island was gonna be. Right. Yes. That there used like, to be. You have to plug this in. And you have to type in C colon forward slash forward slash monkey aisle enter go. A Mom for Christmas debuted on December 17th, 1990 on NBC. This was directed by George Miller. Not not that George. Andrew, this is shocking. This uh, when I saw that the direct the creator of the Mad Max universe. Not, it's no Babe. It's not, a, it's not that uh, Babe Pig in the City. Yeah, it's uh, had made this movie, but then it started to make sense because Olivia Newton-John is in it. She's Australian, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. 
So I was this, like, of course, yes. Presumably, he would hire this is what Olivia Newton John. This is what he was up to in between those two films. He had a big span where he didn't direct anything, and you know he must have been plugging away at TV movies. No, this is a different George Miller. This uh, George Miller directed the movie Andre, which came out in the mid '90s about like a seal or something. I think it was in basically Free Willy came out, and people were like, yeah. Sea animals, that is the big trend. That's when, like, that Paul Hogan uh, version of Flipper came out. and uh... Yeah, this this director, uh, from glancing at the IMDb and making sure that it is not the, George, the Oscar winner George Miller, seems to have specialized in 90s kid-with-animal movies. This was written by Gerald DePego, Mark. Where do we know Gerald DePego from? Gerald DePego is the uh, name that I give at uh, Italian restaurants. That's right. You so co- that I can tell them that I'm like the guy that owns the place. You go to Buca de Beppo and you're like, it's me, Gerald DePego. Gerald DePego. The and then the they, they give me a dirty look and they're like, we're, we're, this is a franchise in Missouri. Like, like, why would we think that you own this? <laughs> you're like, ah, oh, you hurt my feelings. I thought we were a family. Like, that's not even this place. That's a different place. When we're here, we're a family. And they're like, sir, just just leave. Just leave. And you're like, well, let me just take this family-style thing of meatballs first, and I'll, I'll go. And they, they just say, but just go. Just, you already took a bite out of three of them like they're an apple. No, yeah. Gerald DePego uh, wrote the movie Phenomenon, but he's also made his appearance here on Television Movie Night as the writer of A Short Walk to Daylight. Oh, of course. He also wrote the movie Message in a Bottle. This based on the uh, based on the Sting song. <laughs> is that true? Probably not. All right. This is based on a novel by Barbara Dylan, uh, originally titled A Mom by Magic, which I feel like um, that was uh, like a poem that Magic Johnson also once wrote. He was like, "I'd like to read this poem here on Mother's Day. It is called A Mom by Magic." By magic. It, it could be that, or it could be... A, remember uh, Magic Johnson just put his name on a bunch of businesses and was like, yeah, it's an Applebee's by Magic Johnson. It's an yeah. AMC by Magic Johnson. He's got... He's all over... Um, yeah, there are, like, stores and shops and malls in here in Los Angeles that uh, are... He's, he's like, a co-owner of, right? Or is he just... Yeah. He just franchised his name. I'm sure it's a little bit of both. Um, he's a co-owner of the Dodgers, for God's sakes. Maybe they'll win a game sometime. Probably won't. Uh, like a virtual game. Isn't that what we're doing now? Like virtual baseball? Yeah, we're doing virtual drafts and we're doing virtual games. I'm doing, well, uh, I, if you want, guys want to check out my Twitch stream, virtually nothing uh, is also, I'm, I'm, I'm playing there. Uh, it's, it's Andrew's cool. got a guide. He's got a guidebook. I'm trying uh, to speed run <laughs> virtually nothing. I, I, I've got it down to like three hours, 30 minutes, and that's nowhere near the world record pace. But uh, I, I think, I think, you know. You you just I'm playing it every day, just seeing what's going on. This is yeah for a game that for a game that is nothing but black screens. uh, You'd be surprised at how long it takes to get through. I got to cut down like loading screens, and there are some there's some really fun ways to get around. Like oh, you gotta you gotta wait for this, and it's like well, if if you if you you know cut this corner here, you can cut seven seconds off of this black screen. This is starring Olivia Newton-John, as we know, the star of Grease. Yes. Tell me about it. Xanadu. Uh, Yes, Xanadu. She did a Christmas album with John Travolta like four years ago. Yeah. That was fun. Let's get physical. She was in that. She was in that, right? 
Isn't that her? Yeah. Yeah. She's in that video? Oh, that's great. This is also starring Doris Roberts from Everybody Loves Raymond. And around this time, she would have been in uh, National, Lampoon's, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Oh, all right. Uh, this is also starring Doug Sheehan from Knott's Landing and Day by Day. And then the lead is uh, Juliet Sorcy, who was a child actor, showed up in bit parts here and there. Nothing really jumped out at me on her IMDb. Mark, before we start, what did you think this movie was going to be about? A mom for Christmas? Andrew, having having seen a grandpa for Christmas. You know, knowing that. But... Obviously, yeah. Obviously, I'm looking at all this through the wrong lens of my own experience. But I was like, okay, so hopefully this will be a part of the full, a, a family member for Christmas series. And that a young girl who, or a child, gets a mother that they didn't know that they had and has to learn the meaning of Christmas and the meaning of family while also learning what the meaning of a mother is. Yeah. In the same way that A Grandpa for Christmas was about that. So I was like, all right, I, I, I think I get it. And I think I get the wholesome message that this movie is going to try to give me. Mm-hmm. Boy, Surprise. boy, were you, were you wrong? <laughs> yeah, this this uh, this has got more wizards and witches in it than I expected. But, uh, you know, yeah, it's. It's Mannequin Part 3 is what it ends up being. <laughs> yeah, and it doesn't even have uh, that guy from um, uh, Designing it Women. It doesn't have it. Andrew McCarthy. It doesn't have Jason Bateman. It, it's got nothing. <laughs> well, uh, let's dig in, Mark. Act 1, Mark. We are at Milliman's, which is like a... It's like a Macy's, but it's not really a Macy's. It's, like a, it's more like Gimbal's. If I had to say it's Gimbal's. It seems like you know, the type. No... It seems like the type of place that if you want to bet with your um, your mother-in-law, she would light your cigarette in the window, right? <laughs> yeah, it's it's the kind of place that you just constantly just go back and forth with some battle axe, and it's like, if you think that I'm not gonna gonna help my family out, you're gonna light my cigar in the window of Milliman's. However, there is some ragamuffin. Now, originally, I thought this was a orphan based on the way she was dressed, but I was wrong. Oh, I thought it was there Blossom some... based on the way she was dressed. Oh, yeah. Well, it, she just seems like uh, the way she's walking around, it's uh, this girl. It's like this 11-year-old girl. Uh, this is uh, Jessica. This is our lead. Our hero. Uh, Jessica. Yes, this is our, our, our hero, our protagonist, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Jessica's skulking around and she's looking at a bunch of uh, moms and daughters, uh, you know, sadly. She's got the sad eyes because she's like, ah, oh, the holidays, it's the worst time of year. Look at all these happy people just dragging their brats to Milliman's. Yeah. Like, you know, there's only so many people that can smoke in the window. However, while this is going on, it's Mark, like, it's a like real... the line. It's like the line to see Santa Claus. You're like, oh, there's yeah, like it... 60 beleaguered men who are like i i got my cigar you're gonna you're gonna light it you're gonna light it. and they're like that's right. right when when the time comes dear but i want to do it now yeah there's just there's uh 50 year old men just having absolute crying fit meltdowns waiting in this line they just yeah. you know they've been there for hours uh they just they just want their battle axe of a mother-in-law to show them some gd respect mark mark there's a real banger of a tune playing at the same time, 
that reminded me very much of the theme song to Man in the Santa Claus suit. Did you get the same feeling? Uh, no, I did not get that feeling at all. What? No, it's the time of the season, the hearth of the hearth. Don't you remember? Remember this, that, that uh, wonderful tune that was in Man in the Santa Claus suit? Andrew, the only tune that I remember from any TV movie is the one that is not uh, Running Down a Dream by Tom Petty from oh. uh, What Happened to Bobby <laughs> Earl. Pursuing That's a, a good one, too. Pursuing a uh, Fantasy, I think is the name of that That's song. right. M- motoring, motor- motoring towards an opportunity in, in, our, in our thoughts. Yeah. A trash man tries to throw out a mannequin, Santa Claus, but Doris Roberts, who is playing Philomena, tracks it down and brings it back in before it can get uh, crushed up in the garbage truck. We don't know why she's so dead set on uh, saving these mannequins, but uh, something to consider. That's our opening scene. Uh, Jessica looks herself over while she's also getting eyed up by security. There's a, a store detective that is a making the rounds you know he's, he's he's just trying to do his he's just trying to do his job as well you know make a little scratch on the side so his damn kids be like ah oh, dad i need some sega tapes and he's like oh, i gotta get a second second job for these fucking kids i already got an ulcer I, I might as well be paying for that as well does the ulcer want a sega tape i don't fucking care yeah but also i mean i mean i understand it's his job to stop children and to stop people from stealing stuff but at the same time it's like Man, you're not getting paid per perp you bust. You know, does he get a bonus if he's like, yeah, I, I shook down this ten year old and uh, she, she put a uh, she put a glove in her pocket. It cost the business eight eighteen cents, but we were charging twenty dollars for the for the glove. But yeah, she's gonna go away for a long time now. Yeah, we put. I and I also uh, I had a I had a retractable baton. I, I kneecapped her as well. So oh, yeah, shoot. that limp is going to remind her that uh, she she shouldn't steal. Okay. Yeah. Anytime, anytime it's about to rain, she'll think, "Oh yes, I shouldn't have <laughs> <That's> stolen." <right. laughs> she also eyes up a mannequin that's standing. Uh, that looks like a mom standing next to a kid. And uh, some classic n- early '90s shithead kid bullies show up. And they're like, huh, look at <laughs> look at Jessica. She's eyeing up this mom mannequin wistfully because her mom is fucking dead. <laughs> Got him. Uh, Andrew, when I was a kid, I remember watching these types of movies and being like, man, I wish that I was like socially aware enough and like had enough friends that I could pick on a weirdo. You know what I mean? Like I would have sold out my own kind to be like, man, if I could just see somebody staring at a, at a mannequin wistfully and been like, Hey, I know what's going on here. You suck. That's what, that's what this is. I, oh well, Mark, man, I would have done it. But every, every time I had, every time I had the opportunity, I was, I was always like, nah, nah, this doesn't seem right. And who would hear no, well, me anyways? Here's, here's the thing, Mark. In terms of pecking order, there is nothing worse. The, a bully is one thing, but there is nothing worse than like a nerd or a geek that thinks it, he's above his order to then pick on other dweebs yeah. as well. Yeah. Like, those people are worse than dirt. Like you like you know where you are in the in the hierarchy. And the, like these guys like trying to think that they're fucking king shit of the of the the, the losers, like, nah, man. That doesn't work. Turn that mirror right around. Yeah, no, you're being the king of Ship Mountain still means you live on Ship Mountain. 
I think is uh, that's uh, people often attribute it to uh, Shakespeare, but I think it's actually mm. um, it's actually uh, someone else who said that. Tucker Tucker Max, I think, is uh, yeah, coined yeah. that one. That brilliant, uh, brilliant, <laughs> that brilliant wordsmith. Well, these these uh, bullies give Jessica the raz, but uh, it's pretty apparent that she has a crush on one of them as well. His name is Chip. He's like just kind of there. He's a hanger on. But the two of them make eyes at each other. Chip seems like he sucks, too. Yeah, he sucks. Like everyone's just a hanger on because not only are the, the insults not great, but also it's just it's just a bunch of fucking dumb kids just hanging out in the mall. Just like this girl is literally just staring at a mannequin. And that's that's enough grist for the mill for them to come up and be like, huh, look at Jessica stare a lot. You fucking dork. Yeah. What are you guys doing? Hanging out in the women's section of a gimbal's anyways. <laughs> Yeah, it's like, like, go to the food court, go, go try and get more free samples from the Cinnabon. What what are you what are you doing in here? It's are you waiting for your mom to like try on a new hat? Like what's going on? Well, Jessica also meets up with a friend of hers and they try. They're like, well, um, there's a wit. OK, now this was confusing to me. They notice that there is a wishing well. So they go over to they're like, oh, maybe, you know, we're already seen as geeks. Let's go to the wishing well and see what's what's over there. Now, Mark, in, in, have you ever had a? Have you ever seen a situation where the the wishing well that they go to is described as this, where they go to the wishing well and instead of putting a quarter in and wishing or something like that, there are gifts inside the well that they pull out and that they just open and that that's theirs. No, I've I, never seen this before. This is not a thing. I have, I have not seen that. I was not shopping in many gimbals in the '90s. The closest I have ever seen. <laughs> was uh i think macy's used to have like a santa's mail drop and you could write down Mm. what you wanted for christmas and you would put it in there and then you know presumably it would be immediately incinerated and then the heat would be used to cook uh whatever they were making at the uh panda express on the upper levels i (laughs) I do remember this. There's just there was a lot of smoke coming from that, <laughs> uh, from that wonderful uh, chimney in, in Tan- uh, Santa's Toyland. Yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, there's, it was, it was very powering hot a over mill. There. Just an in, just an industrial furnace burning child's dreams. Well, uh, they pull out two boxes from this wishing well, which this isn't a thing. I feel like this is just made up wholesale. Gerald DePeggio, you got a, you got a lot of splaining to do. Okay, the friend gets a pair of sunglasses while. Uh, Jessica opens up her little card, opens up her, her little box, and all that's in there is a little card that says, One free wish, see Philomena. Which, again, is, uh, you, <laughs> that's right. Yeah, we're not running a charity here, and the wish is only valued up unto what that purchase the was. The value so of that gonna, purchase. So, yes. Yeah, you, you don't just think you're going to go buy an Orange Julius and expect some, like, uh, you know, a Dodge Viper to show up at your place. The friend leaves, but uh, this this girl, Jessica, she got this card that says One Free Wish, which, again, is every broke kid who's ever had to put a Mother's Day card together with coupons for, like, <laughs> you know, One Free Dish Cleaning. Like, it, it's, yeah. again, it's, it's this sounds like bullshit on Phil... Philomena was probably in charge. They're like, we need you to find 300 or 400 little, you know, tchotchke gifts to put in the wishing well. And she's like, I'll get right on it. And then the day of, she's like, oh, fuck. Uh, Free uh, box. Uh, you already got it. 
you got the box. Um, paper clips. Kids love paper clips. So let's go and slide those in there. Uh, what do we got here? Birth control. Great, great, great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she's she's just dumping out like people's purses. Yeah. Well, she's like, uh, take, uh, take this close to the end of your cycle. Uh, it's only the one pill. <laughs> Jessica goes to Philomena and asks about the card, and Philomena seems like she's a uh, she works at the store, but uh, she seems like a little more knowledgeable than your average run of the mill uh, worker. And in fact, maybe you could say that um, maybe she has the power of Satan inside of her. I don't know. I'm just spitballing here. <laughs> I would say that. Yes, she offers her a devil's bargain. She. <laughs> <laughs> She says, make a wish if you must, but know that uh, the, the, the contract is, is uh, sealed once you make it. Uh, Doris. That which you wish uh, for the most will be bestowed upon you. Philomena, who's played by Doris Roberts, knows a lot about Jessica, despite the fact that they've never met each other. And Jessica tells Doris that she would like, she just puts her cards out on the table. We're like 10 minutes into this film. She's like, I want a mom for Christmas. I not, not enough, enough fucking around. I don't, want, I don't want any presents. I don't want that. I want a mom for Christmas. This Doris, is what I loved. This is what I loved, Andrew. Presumably, yes, there's no faffing about. Presu- well, presumably she has had enough experience with monkey monkey's paws and evil gins <laughs> to where she's like, I don't want my mom back. Because I've already killed I want, her. Right? Yes, I don't I want a zombie dead. mom to come out from the grave. She'll be I don't a shambling want, I don't thing. Want, I've done that. Yeah, I've been that. I don't want down her reborn. I just want a mom. mom. All right, a a mother to that would be a mother to me, and no zombies, nothing like that. I want to be very clear on all of this. And Doris is like, like she's like, damn. I thought I had her. It's like, fuck, you're, uh, this, ain't, this ain't your first rodeo, huh, kid? All right. Doris knows, uh, Philomena knows that uh, Jessica's mom died when Jessica was three, and she also gives her a necklace, and she says, that's right. Uh, Philomena says, she says, the, the bond is sealed. The wish is happening, all right? Uh, you, there's no turning back now. Your, the, your soul is mine. She gives her also gives her a necklace, and uh, she says that she knew what uh, Jessica wanted because she can hear wishing, which again, I it's this is weird. Uh, uh, it's uh, it's very odd. Uh, I I like Doris Roberts. I like I like this Philomena character because she's got like you see you can see you can see she's got magical powers, but um, Jessica just takes this hook line and sinker. Like there's there's no. There's no skeptic. She's not skeptical at all. She's like, this woman is going to get me a mom. And, well, and also, here we go. Also, w- being able to hear wishing at a at a local mall, like how much is Doris Roberts just hearing people recite over and over again? Like, oh, man, I know it's bad for me, but like just one antiems, like the, the, <laughs> the pretzels that are dipped in like sugar and cinnamon. Like, oh, yeah, that's what mm. I want. Man, she'd be like, "Fuck, they, level they got the food court. Just do it. <laughs> just get it, man." I want it's an orange Julius and a Dairy Queen. Oh man, I want a Blizzard, but I also want an orange drink. Oh boy, I wish I could just have both. And she's like, "Look, man, I am I, I am not your mother. You, you do whatever you are in your a pocket. Grown you can have both. person." Get them both. Just mix them together. You're going to feel like shit afterwards. But look, man, wishes can come true here at uh, Gimbal's. We uh, then go back to Jessica's house and we meet her dad. And Mark, I have great news. We 
If Mar- the dad is a big shot. And how do we know he's a big shot, Mark? I think he's got a briefcase filled with marinara. He's got... He, well, he's got a briefcase. He this again. This is a distinction between man and the Santa Claus suit with Burt Convy, where Burt Convy had a phone in his briefcase. No, we've moved forward from 1980 all the way to 1990. He's got a phone in his GD car. Mark, <laughs> my God, amazing. Will wonders never cease? He's a big shot. He's a big shot. He's a big shot business guy working on the on on the big Peterson case. Uh, he's got the the, the big file. Uh, he's he's working for the mayor. I, I don't know. He's I a, wonder if he has a senator's time for his aide. daughter. What do you think? I, I I want. I wonder is. I think he can balance it. I think he can balance home and work life. I I I think he's got it. I think he's got both. He had. He wants to have it all, and I think he's got it. This, however, uh, goes against what I originally thought, based on the way Jessica is dressed. Is that Jessica is actually pretty well off? She's not just some poor ragamuffin that's skulking around the mall, being like, "Man, I wish I had a sweater and shoes that weren't newspapers wrapped to my feet." No, the dad's got a pretty good business going, and uh, he's got a pretty big house. It's just that he's a single father. Uh, that hasn't gone out and tried to date anyone after the mom died when she was three. She's 11 now, so it's been about eight years. Yeah, Andrew, you were you texted me. You said you were real disappointed at this point because you realized that the movie wouldn't end with Jessica lighting a single match and seeing, like, a Christmas dinner and then freezing to death. <laughs> That's right. Nor was she ever going to play with those fucking potatoes and do a little dance. Like, yeah. I was like, come on! All around, Come just on. depressing. Philomena, back at the store, uses Satan's touch to bring a mannequin to life, the one that uh, Jessica was looking at. Meanwhile, Jessica, back at the house, asks her dad about her mom, and uh, apparently both of them are still hung up on this woman. Uh, he says that... Harry's She's an 11-year-old a... whose mom died. Oh my God, get over it. Well, now, well, again, the dad is hung up on her, and she is now she's like constantly asking about uh, what was my mom like? And he's like, look, uh, she was she was fine. Um, you only knew her for three years. You know, it's, she you know, she didn't know you that well. You didn't know her that well. It's, you know, you, you're kind of like friends of friends at this point. She liked that you were a baby. You're not a baby anymore. So she if yeah. I had to guess she wouldn't have liked you. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's kind of like when you meet up with friends after college and you're like, oh, this is a completely different part of my life now. Yeah. Well, the doorbell rings while this is going on. And despite it being midnight and raining, dad answers the door and it's Olivia Newton-John there playing the role of Amy. Ape. She claims to be. The yeah, daughter looks at her and says, you're the one that I want. Ooh, ooh, That's ooh. right. And uh, yeah, Amy is also wearing a skin tight leather outfit. and She's smoking a cigarette. And it's like, the dad's like, Amy, tell me about it, stud. stud. <laughs> tell me about it, Santa. Now, uh, here's the thing is Jessica is not side, is not um, is not thrown off by this. She immediately recognizes that this is her wish coming true. Again, well, usually well, Phil, there, there would be like her. a beat. Well, she said, yeah, Philomena had said something, but it, it's. She said, at, usually at midnight, these movies, at midnight, you're. A mother will appear. Usually in these movies, there is a beat where like things start falling in line. And then there's like a realization of like, oh, my God, she wasn't full of shit. This is the mother that I wish for. But in this, Jessica immediately knows this is the mom that she asked for. She's now here 
because uh, she, um, Amy says, I'm trying to uh, apply for a live in this live in nanny position that you didn't file a, an ad for. Like she gives a, a much of a cock and bull story to be able to live at the house. Right. Because apparently they have a guest bedroom above the garage, like the Fonz. And uh, uh, because it's raining and late at night and the dad's like, holy shit, Sandy's here. Uh, uh, this is great. Uh, yeah, he the offers dad's got chills. The, They're multiplying. And he is, and he, I very much so, is going to lose control. Yeah. I want to, I, there's something I want to mention later in, in this review. So but yes, this, it's this, also, is, this is a weird point in that the, uh, San, so <laughs> her name's not Sandy. What is it? It's Amy. It's Amy. 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 Sandy. Amy doesn't know anything about humanity, basically, because she's a mannequin that's been brought to life. But she Correct. knows, like, subterfuge, and she knows how to lie about, like, hey, you need someone to work here, but I'm hot. And yes, it she seems knows like she was, that it seems like Philomena in. gave her marching orders. She's like, go, you're going to go, you're going to talk to the guy, you're going to try and bluff your way into this. But any other questions, she basically gives vague answers that it's like, we as the viewer and Jessica know, oh, she used to be a mannequin. So she's like, oh, my God, look at all this stuff in here. And all of her clothes have the tags on it still from the store. Jessica tries to remove them as she's talking to the dad. Uh, it's all very comical. I'm However, laughing. I'm laughing. Yeah. Amy is allowed to stay in the room above the garage. And it seems like the dad is uh, very fond of this setup. So he can ogle her or charge her rent. I, I don't know. Amy, in the morning, makes breakfast for the family, but it's chicken noodle soup, which is funny. I don't know. I laughed. It's I mean, it, it it also did make me think, like, that that seems like a fine way to start your morning. Like, protein? A big hearty bowl of soup, yeah. Yeah, protein, carbs, I'm ready. I'm out the door. Like, I love it's it. It's December as well. It's cold outside. It's it's Christmas time. You know, has, uh, has also... anybody ever, like, served you eggs for dinner? And you've been like, what the fuck is this? And they're like, it's still food. And you're like, oh, that's right. Yeah, I guess I could eat this. Mark, I love I love breakfast for dinner. I will make Brinner any any day of the week. Oh, yeah. I that's, love it. That's, that's my trick whenever I'm taking care of my nieces and nephews. Is I'm like, guys, we're going to flip the script tonight. That's right. I got great news for everyone. We're having... We're having dinner for lunch. Yeah, we're having scrambled having eggs, big, and the kids big just T-bone, lose big, big their T-bone shit. steak at two in the afternoon. Yeah. Also, Amy Amy notes to the father. She says uh, that uh, uh, when she works at the store, because she says I'm 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 actually going to take a temporary position at the store as well. Uh, when I've been at the store, I've noticed that uh, fathers don't look at their daughters as much as their mothers do. And fathers are always uh, thrown off when they notice how grown their daughters are versus the mothers who, like, note every single change in their daughter's lives. Uh, I don't know. Does this do it for you, Mark? Is this something that I, I you're not a you're not a daughter. So I, I don't know. Is this a thing? As neither a mother nor a daughter, uh, it was the type of thing where I was like, yeah, I guess I buy it. I, I don't know. Because, <laughs> yeah, because what it, what is she saying? Essentially, she's like dads are bad mothers and i'm like yeah i, I guess uh yes yeah she's like and just you just see you should see mom throw a, a baseball to a son oh it's depressing oh it's the saddest thing i've ever seen back at the store however the store detective from earlier is uh on hot on the case trying to figure out where this mannequin that was in the store has now gone to yeah this uh, like eight dollar mannequin that has disappeared he's like i'm gonna run this case down 
he's, he's he's like yeah clear my schedule they're like somebody's been stealing uh there's like a pharmacy in the store and they're like somebody's been stealing like prescription medication and yeah like, no 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 i i gotta i gotta find this mannequin we're, we're attached gonna, those, to a those Montgomery people are going away Ward. for a long people time people have been stealing like washer dryer sets for <laughs> weeks and he's and and then we cut to like his wife yelling at him at home and she's like You've forgotten your family so that you can track down this mannequin. And then he like throws a highball glass at her and he's like, you don't understand. And then we cut back and he's like, yeah, we'll we'll see if I get to the Montgomery Wards thing. <laughs> Amy uh, brings Jessica to the store because she's going to go talk to HR about this job. But Amy also notes that all the other mannequins walk around at night. Uh, and uh, they talk, but they only can walk around and talk for about a couple hours at a time before they turn back into mannequins. But she also notes that there's a bunch of dead-eyed, faceless new mannequins that are not part of this unholy army that do not come to life and says that there is no spark inside of them. Yes. She explains so this, like, she explains caste that system they're, they're, here. No, she explains that there are Mexicans coming oh. over the border and stealing the jobs of the good mannequins. Oh, that's right. She said well, these she... ones don't these ones don't talk. Yeah. At least they don't they don't say anything important. I mean, they don't say anything I can understand. But yes, they move <laughs> and they seem to have their own language and they are not uh, beautiful blonde Australians, so they don't count as living. Mm. -mm. And they're stealing well, our jobs. And uh, that's basically the and it plot has of the to, movie. And it has to stop. It has to stop. All right? The line is drawn in the sand here at, at, at Gimbel's. Amy applies for the job in the store while the, the store detective notes that uh, Amy is wearing the same kind of clothes and boots, specifically, as the mannequin was. Ah, you see, <laughs> the are all lining up. <laughs> I got you. A uh, pair of Keds. Interesting shoes <laughs> that we sell surely no one would buy them oh that's right that's what we do mm. and All why right. would why would you wear why would you wear dress shoes to a job interview <laughs> i mean your honor i rest my case jessica uh, meanwhile while she's waiting for amy says hi to one of the mannequins in the store you know as a nice thing and the bullies see her and make fun of her and also kind of sexually harass uh one of these mannequins it's actually kind of weird and upsetting and it's also weird. it's jessica weird and upsetting if you know that they're alive but also like yes yeah he's just being a little creep that's like oh i'm gonna take this mannequin on a date it, to which yeah and he like he like paws at her skirt and lifts it up and it's like oh like mm. yeah but even even, let's, even even if it's not like alive you would still be like dude what the fuck is the matter like that's a that's is, a piece of plastic that you're like assaulting like you really yeah you've really owned her man what <laughs> what a treat implied sexual assault what oh man boy she's she's gone you 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 just took a dunk from downtown on yeah, her I, he he owned the lips with that one we can agree. that's right yes exactly fine yes yes if if as long as you own the libs i guess it's okay also, uh, but Jessica's crush just stands on the sidelines and just kind of watches this. But he also thinks that Jessica's kind of weird because she just talked to a mannequin. After Amy leaves uh, uh, Human Resources, however, the store detective guesstimates that Amy's shoe size is about eight or nine because, uh, as you can see, uh, these uh, the facts are, uh, <laughs> they're all 
falling into place. Yes, there's no way that eight to nine would be the most common size of women's feet. And that she would be wearing clothes that we sell here. We're, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get her. I'm gonna, I'm gonna fucking get her. Get the electric chair because uh, someone's going down tonight. Act two: the girls, Amy and Jessica, are supposed to go Christmas tree shopping, but their ride says that their mom has like dengue fever or sleeping sickness or something. I, I don't know. The only thing I could really pay attention to in this scene is that there was a big old six pack of Big K cola in this girl's refrigerator. She was talking on the phone, and I was like, "Hell yeah, get get me that cheapo store brand. I, I want it. I want all of it." Is that a regional thing? I don't think I've ever heard of this soda. Big K is the store brand of Kroger, the Kroger brand. If you go to a, if you go to a Ralph's or a Kroger, you will see ah, that uh, see. delicious I beverage. See. And, uh, you know, it's one step below Fago, but one step above, like, Dr. At Thunder. At half the price. Like, uh, you, can go, you can go even further down the list uh, of colas if you'd like. However, they need to improvise a ride to the Christmas tree lot, and they've figured it out, at least Amy has, as they sneak back into the store, and there is a vintage Jaguar that is uh, on display there in the store with a mannequin chauffeur inside of it, and as we noted before, the mannequins can all walk around for a couple hours at a time, so they get in that fucker, and that chauffeur drives uh, all cattywampus all over the store, but then drives out of the store and uh, they're on their way to the tree lot. Very funny. We all had a big laugh. I, I could hear you laughing from here, Mark. Well, the, the weirdest thing about all of this is, and I guess, I guess when you're a kid and your dream comes true, you don't ask too many questions. But she's like, all right, dig it. You're my mom. It's Christmas. We're going to do trees. I don't care what it takes. And, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> at no point is she like, so... You have a soul or, uh, you know, like you're, yeah. you, do you care, work? do you care about me or are you merely experiencing life for the first time? What she doesn't is your ask first, any of these questions. What is, yeah, what is your first memory? What is your life like when you're not like aware? Uh, you can move around for a couple hours at a time, but do you remember things or are you just frozen as you watch people just like a living hell for 22 hours at a time? Uh, until nighttime falls is that is that something that uh, wh- where did the spark of life come into you uh was it when you were created i i, I have yeah, i have you more questions before and will you be nothing after i need to know these questions the answers to these questions because they might apply to me on a larger scale also are you aware but- of like basic human functions like breathing and going to the bathroom and, and needing to eat every you know six or eight hours like just real basic things that I, I feel like if you were just an inanimate object wouldn't necessarily come naturally. Right. Well, and it, regardless, the driver of the car gets them out of the store and towards the tree lot, but they run out of gas. I'm surprised there was even gas in the tank to begin with, but they run out of gas and have to push push the car into a gas station. Amy is able to charm the uh, gas station attendant and giving them some free gas. And then she spits on a handkerchief and then wipes it on his face. So that's fun. Yeah, this is weird. It's supposed to be like endearing, but she basically sees like a smudge on his face and tries to clean it up. And he like smiles at her and it's very nice. But honestly, even as a woman as attractive as Olivia Newton-John, if she licked something and then smeared it on my face, I don't know if I would be that appreciative. Well, no, what's weird is that like, from like a writing perspective, that they need gas. Yes. 
what happens? The... Olivia Newton-John, like, I, I don't know, she makes eyes at the guy. You get the feeling that the guy is like, oh, I'm into this girl. I'm going to give her free gas. And then she takes like a maternal role and licks his face like a like a cat, like a cat yeah. or something. <laughs> But also, I'm like, what? What is what is being said? Like, so she can overcome any difficulties by virtue of being Olivia Newton-John? Well, I think she's just she has like a charming naivete. I think that's what it is. It's disarming. Like, if this had been set in a big city, and we had seen that it was like it's the hustle and bustle of a big city, and this guy came out like if this guy came out and he was the tow truck driver from uh, Mother May I Sleep with Danger. And then was disarmed by this very nice Australian woman that was like, you are so lovely. Uh, I really appreciate what you're doing. That would be one thing. But this is, this is yeah, just a weird Yeah, she just scene. looks at him and says, do you, re- do you realize that life is the most precious gift at all? And that compared to that, what is a gallon of gasoline? <laughs> what it should have been he is like, he, he should have been. I guess that's true. He should have been weirded out by both, by everyone in this. Because you have this this driver who is this like kind of dunderheaded British driver who only wants to talk about the car and then this weird woman who seems to have just been birthed like three days ago and this child and you're just like look man i'll give you the five bucks worth of gas just i that's i I don't want it i don't want any trouble (laughs) just go away well they managed to get to uh the uh tree lot and then back to the house and uh they yeah maybe maybe if olivia newton john and the driver were like if the guy was like look lady i can't you know, I got my own problems. I can't give you gas. And she was like, problems? Do you have any idea what eternal darkness is like? Do you, do you know what it's like to have your eyes open and see nothing but pain? And then he was like, uh, no, but, uh, all right, I'll fill you up and you can go away. Or she should, she should have bet him. She should have been like, I can tell how much you spent on your outfit. And she like, uh, you know, or, or there's like a guy who's like trying to sell like counterfeit purses or something like that. And she knows exactly what it is. And she like wins. Uh-huh. That's, I mean, that's cause she knows a lot about the things sold at the store. Cause that's all she stares at all day. Yeah. Anyway, that's something. Whatever. It's fine. It's a cute scene. It's a kid's children. It's a kid's Christmas movie. Fuck it. Who cares? We're, we're reading too much into it. Anyway. They go to the tree lot, they get a nice tree, and then they come back to the house. They send the driver in the car back to Gimbal's to go park because he only has like a, a handful more minutes before uh, he he melts away like Frosty the Snowman, I guess. That he only has so he's much gonna time. He's going to turn into in a the... pumpkin, I think. Oh, that's right. Yeah, he's, he's going to, he's, his horses are going to turn back into rats. They uh, set up the tree uh, because they... Well, first of all, they they put the tree up in the house and they accidentally break a picture, uh, a picture frame that they've got in the house of uh, the dad and of Jessica and Jessica's original birth mother. And Amy notes that there are no current day pictures of Jessica. She says, these are all baby town frolic pictures of this you and this broad that I don't know who this is. You're not a baby. (laughs) This isn't a picture of you. Yeah, You're a liar, Jessica. This is a picture of a baby. You're not a baby. Yeah. yeah, she has this that would be something. She has no idea like how people age. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> which which would have such darker implications when she like marries, you know, in the later half of the movie where she's like, "No, 
you, you're young. You're young. This is what you will always be, and this is how yeah. I will always be. She's basically an infant. She should have no object permanence, where, like, if Jessica leaves the room, like, Amy's like, oh, my God, she disappeared. She just freaks out, <laughs> and she comes back, and she's like, oh, thank God. Oh, oh my I'm God. so glad I, you're here. I, I, you, you, oof. It was scary. Some other, some, I don't know what some happened. Other some other person was here, and they were they were wearing a different hat. Like, some no, real otherworldly shit is going on, and I am not a fan. <laughs> and that's talking, and that's me, someone of Satan's army, saying this. I this is it's very upsetting. Well, they decide to also decorate. Well, she notes that there's no current day pictures of uh, of, of Jessica. But then they decide to decorate the tree because uh, Amy only has enough guidance about like what human life is from a bunch of books that she's got. She's got like um, like a better housekeeping magazine and a cookbook and a couple like gimbals catalogs. And she's like, that's kids love Sega tapes and uh, people love to make like meatloafs, I guess. And um, we decorate trees like uh, 1860s, like... Um, it's yeah, it's uh, Captain Picard's dream of a uh, a true Christmas from generations. It's it's like a yes, Charles Dickens the, tree. All the best foods are all the best dinners are suspended in Jello. Yes. Yeah, uh, I even should be like, where the fuck are these books from? Did you? What did? Where did you steal these from? <laughs> Andrew, uh, this is the most relatable scene in this movie. Because uh, much like this character, I have based my entire life on episode, uh, my entire adult life on episodes of Frasier. Well, the th- well, the thing, the real thing is, is we we can only base what our Christmas memories are of Christmas episodes of TV shows that we've seen. Where like yes. you, we all need to sit around a roaring fire because that's what the the, the Cleavers did. Well, for me, it's more about being like. Look, I I think I might live in a like a really bad apartment building because my my neighbor has not shown up at the last minute and ruined my Christmas and then somehow <laughs> endeared himself to me. Yeah, so, he, he I showed don't know, up with maybe a real he's Santa. Crazy. That's the thing. Yeah, cuz once you get yeah, again, all of our memories are basically just us remembering Happy Days episodes. However, uh, Andrew, they, Andrew yeah. I can't tell you how many times I've gone to Disneyland and not been granted like the rule a big of wish. the park yes. that I had to steal from you. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I remember being next in line to go, but I don't think it was you that cut in front of me. I, I do remember this. So I have to ask myself: Have I been to Disneyland? I would I don't say think no. So. I don't think you have. I also don't remember winning the lottery and then going to Disney World. That's something that, that, that doesn't ring true. But I feel like it happened to me though. And then the father of my family died, and but then it was like a story that my mom was writing. I do remember my mother being replaced by another mother uh, <laughs> over the course of one summer. So that oh, part is true. Yes, I do remember that she she took a big she took a big dance class, and then a summer later she was a new mother. She was a completely different mother. Well, uh, they decide to decorate this tree by as close as they can to the picture by hanging a bunch of shit that they have around the house from it. But they also put real candles on the tree. When and I saw this and I was like, "Holy fuck! Why would you do this? This is this seems incredibly irresponsible." But uh, uh, Amy is just a uh, a child, and so is Jessica, technically. Yeah. So um, you have you have uh, you have two two uh, two children 
just uh, putting whatever they can on the tree. The dad comes home and sees nothing wrong with this. And he's like, oh, you guys decorated the tree with a bunch of shit from around the house. That's great. They then toast a bunch of eggnog. And the dad makes eyes at Amy, but while this is happening, one of them candles on the tree falls over, and that thing goes up like a tinderbox. I thought that they had stolen footage from one of those um, uh, uh, like consumer videos where they're like, you don't want your kids to be wearing these kind of pajamas because if if a flame gets anywhere near... Like, have you ever seen that, that footage of... The, the uh, one that I always remember is like, don't fall asleep while smoking a cigarette in a chair. <laughs> yes. Have you ever seen that one where yes. like just a single cigarette falls into a polyester chair and then it bursts it, it's like the fucking end of the wicker man <laughs> and i'm like all right fine i'll smoke on um, i'll smoke in the on the roof like an adult all right well, the one the one <laughs> the one that i've seen yeah i'll smoke in the bathroom with the door or with the window cracked open as as, as far as i can while my mother bangs on it going are you okay in there you've been in there for a while the dinner's on the table like an adult, you know? Like an adult, yes. Uh, no, the one that I'm thinking of is is in the 80s. There were there was a real uh, a real terrifying trend of these like polyester uh, uh, artificial material, um, you know, sleeping shirts. Onesies? They were like sleeping shirts, or they were pajamas for kids. And the video that I remember seeing is that there was like uh, two child mannequins in these like you know it's it had like you know Superman or Batman on it. And like the slightest spark from a potential open flame in the, it just went, it was like a mushroom cloud. It just took everything with it. And uh, basically that's what happens in this, uh, that uh, this dry ass Christmas tree just goes up like a Roman candle. Go ahead. What's amazing about this scene is like, okay, so you write out, they put candles in the tree because neither one of them know any better. The tree catches on fire. Dad comes, he puts the tree out, he's like, what the fuck was that? Everybody, like, has a gentle laugh about it, but they all realize, like, you know, maybe, maybe, maybe we're not, maybe, maybe this, you know, maybe we need to be more careful. Maybe we all need to grow up a little bit. But mm-hmm. no, this plays like the fucking greatest ride in the her- history of Universal Studios, where for, like, five minutes... It is a harrowing tale of a father trying to put out a burning Christmas tree. Yes, it is a like, towering inferno. Yes, is as like it, a a pink factory downtown just ignites. <laughs> it is so bizarre that it's one of those scenes where like I looked away and then I looked back and I was like, oh my god, it's still happening. <laughs> Yeah, he's uh, he's futilely trying to put out the the fire with a fire extinguisher while Jessica and Amy leave the the house, and uh, it does not uh, it does not go well. The entire room is basically burned, and the fire detective or the fire marshal uh, the de- a day later says, "Well, thankfully it was only one room. Only one room got damaged in this, but that room that got damaged is the one that had all the keepsakes and the pictures of his of his of his wife in there." So yes. Jessica and her dad are both bummed out by this. Here are all these keepsakes that went up like uh, that just went up in flames. Kid but Amy, Link. like Amy, though, she's a, she's a dumb dumb. She's a basically Amelia Bedelia. She shows up and she's like, all right, who wants some chocolate frosty milkshakes? Yeah. <laughs> I says, under- Last night you were angry, so you told me to go fly a kite. So I did. So I flew a kite. And then I was at a baseball game and they said, go home. So that's why I'm here. So I left. 
Uh, Amy tries to remain positive, and she's like, well, let's just eat a big old thing of chicken noodle soup. Uh, I've just been making gallons of this stuff. It's uh, really starting to overflow the sink. I don't know what's going on Which, in there. Yeah, after my house burns down, if somebody says, you want some soup, I'd be like, yes. Yeah, just just whatever. Jessica yells at her, though. She says, I don't know what's wrong with you, but I got there's a, there's bigger issues that are at stake here than than soup. All right. Not a lot. Yes. Soup's important. Just, I want to be very clear on this. Soup is very important. There's very little that is atop of it, but there are things that are higher up on my priority list. Jessica says, you're a dumb mannequin that came to life and you know everything from books. Uh, you're trying to be nice to me, but I hate you for it. And then Olivia <laughs> Newton-John is like, oh, all right. At least you're self-aware enough to know that you're fucked up and, a- and an asshole. <laughs> so... uh Got that, got that going for you. But she uh, is like a mom. In that moment, more than any other, she is exactly like a mom. In that, like yes, you try to in, make your kid feel better, and, and that, they scream and her, at you for her it. Daughter is just like just using her as a sounding board, just to air every grievance that is either her fault or not not her fault. It's just everything though is at that point all of her all of her problems. Yes, and conversely, Olivia Newton John's response is look. If you don't eat, you're going to die, and then it's my ass. So <laughs> you're going to eat some soup, all right? I don't care if you're angry at me. Meanwhile, back at the store, the store detective notes there are a bunch of tire tracks all over the uh, floor of the department store, and there's also a bunch of dirt uh, on the wheels of the car, meaning that it's been someplace. He also finds a couple bracelets in the car itself. Hmm. Back at the mm-hmm. house... Amy's endless cheeriness really upsets the dad. And he's like, look, I ate like two bowls of this goddamn soup. I need to grieve uh, all of these keepsakes from my wife. My wife, (laughs) Borat, are gone. (laughs) Amy says... His whole thing is he's like, yeah, look, chicken noodle soup is great. But like when you're grieving, you want a casserole. You want like yes, you, you want, want something fat. thick and hearty just to sit in your stomach and make you feel logy and tired and sleepy. So at least you can sleep and not have to think about things. Yeah, so like a, I don't know, like a like a mac and cheese or a chili mac. I, yeah. I'm, I'm just spitballing here. I'm just telling you what I like a lasagna. You, do you know how to do that hot dish? Fine. You guys know hot dish? You do a hot dish? That's good. Amy That's the one says with tater, tater tots on top of it. Oh right? yeah, it's it's delicious. Get a big big old garbage plate. Make me a garbage plate. That's what I'd say. I just want. I, you know, yeah, I've I've never I've never been grieving in the Midwest, so I've never had hot dish before. Hot hot dish is more of a Minnesota thing. I actually have not made any hot dish either, but I see pictures of it and I'm like, that looks fucking delicious. <laughs> uh, garbage plates though are, are amazing as well. Basically, it's like a bed of a uh, bed of hash browns, like eggs. You put a bunch of shit on it, cover that whole thing in sausage gravy. Oh, mm, chef's kiss. All right. Amy says, however, she lives in the present. And the past, that's the past. So, one day at a time, uh, uh, footsteps in the sand. Uh, there were two sets of footprints. Uh, sometimes there were one. I was carrying you. Um, second star on the right, straight on till morning. I think, yeah, that, that about covers all of it, right? Yeah, yeah, that's that's her whole speech. She tells the dad, because the dad's like, well, this is like, he's like, I'm grieving because, again, this is like uh, all these memories of my wife. They're gone. Uh, and it's you've a never said any- loss. Yeah, you've never said anything about your family. I don't know what the fuck you're going on about. And uh, she, Amy says, "Why?" Well, she says, "Home." 
I have no, no home. Home. <laughs> she wants to now raise. Now they see I am all right. Yeah, she's like, I want to raise a, 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 a race of atomic supermen like myself. Uh, yeah, she says she has no family. She, she's, you know, she's she's out in the world on her own. And uh, but she straight she shoots straight with this dad when she's like, look, man. Also, it's interesting that all of your life seemed to have stopped when the mom died. There were no pictures of Jessica when she she's her current age or anything past that. At a certain point, you got to move into the present. This is just me, a baby, telling you this from the mouths of yeah. babes, as in a late 30-year-old uh, Australian woman. I blinked and forgot you were here, but uh, <laughs> glad you're back. Uh, if I if I turn my back to you, I'm sorry to I'm sorry to blink you out of existence, but I have to go to this room with a big bowl that's full of water. I learned you're not supposed to drink out of that. They told me to drink water, and I did, and then apparently it made an issue. Jessica is back at the store and she's eyeing up moms and her dad goes to meet her there. And Jessica explains that the reason she goes to the stores, is she eyes up the moms and uh, she likes to people watch. She notes the moms and she's like, I'm going to talent Mr. Ripley, one of these kids. And I'm, I'm going to have a mom. <laughs> I'm going to have a fucking one mom. Of them and then take over. Uh, dad hugs Jessica and says he's been away for a long time. It seems like uh, he's come to an emotional realization that he needs to be in his daughter's life more. Thank you, Amy. Back inside the house, uh, Jessica returns, and Amy has procured uh, Jessica's crush, Chip. Because Amy, Amy, Chip, Amy has uh, figured out, she's like, well, again, this is like computer processing. This is the way I work, where I'm like, all right, she's sad. Uh, she likes this thing. I'm going to get this thing for her, and uh, she'll be happy again, because this makes yeah, her happy. equals not sad. Yeah, I got the big blackboard. I got the I got the big board. I, I've I've done the equations again. This is the same time I'm writing segues. I'm down there doing a, a emotional equations about people I know. I'm like, this is how I'm going to make them happy. Uh, they they had a dog. Now they don't have a dog. I just get them a dog. It's fine. I, I got them a wolf. I stole it. <laughs> that's a that's a big dog. That's like four dogs. They should be four that's times better. happy. Um, well, yeah. Yes. So what is the conversation that we have to assume happened where Olivia Newton John is like, hey, Chip, be at my house. She, she's like, uh, she probably went up to Chip and she's like, hey, you're that kid that uh, that my uh, my daughter, question mark, really likes. And he's like, what? And she's like, yeah, she likes you. She, you, she try, you drive her crazy. She, she's always trying to smooch, smooch pillows thinking about you. Like, uh, I read her diary. It's fine. Um, why don't you show up? It'll, it'll be a great, we'll have a laugh. Uh, do you like soup? And he's like, yeah, I love soup. And she's like, great. <laughs> Hell great, yeah, great. I do. She's like, you, she, she's like, if you want to have a, a good laugh and, uh, you want some soup, why don't you come over to her house a little later? And then, uh, I don't know, you guys can smooch or something. I think that's sex. I, I, I don't know. I didn't get to that part in National Geographic yet. Chips and chips like a twelve year old boy. He's like, hell, all right, sure, all right, sure, <laughs> fuck it. Yeah, she's he's like, uh, yeah, I hear you guys worst, got Sega tapes over there too. Worst case scenario, I'm getting some soup out of this. <laughs> I'm bringing my thermos. I'm getting extra soup. I already well, hollowed out a solid <laughs> a sourdough loaf. It's gonna be <laughs> delicious. She makes well. The the best part is is she also makes him sit in the burned out room as well. Well, uh, when uh, Jessica and her dad return, well, Jessica's mortified because she's like, here's my fucking crush. Amy's already spilled the beans that, that she likes him. And also, like, 
he she she made him sit in like a burned out husk <laughs> as well. Well, you almost you almost want this to be a magician's apprentice thing where like he's tied up. And, yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. Where she's like, "I got, I got your boyfriend here," and he's like, "Help! I'm not her no, boyfriend." It's, it's, and she's well, like, it's it's you will uh, be. it's Christmas, it's Christmas vacation. It's like it's Clark wanted. He's he's Eddie overheard that Clark wanted his his boss tied up and brought to him so he could tell him off because he got screwed yeah. on his Christmas bonus, and that's what Eddie did. So that's what Amy does here, except uh, she makes him sit and and possibly get uh, black lung disease because uh, I that. <laughs> that room cannot be safe to be sitting in it if I had to take a guess. Well, Jessica flips out and goes to her room, and uh, uh, Chip leaves, and he's like... He he leaves on a very weird note, because he, he's like, well, uh, I got my thermos full of soup. Uh, it seems like uh, there's something going on here. I'm going to take off. And the dad says, like, well, just to be clear, like, it's usually not this weird all the time here in the house. And Chip goes, well, in my house it is. And then he leaves. And if you're expecting some kind of rejoinder to this sentiment, no, this is it. That's the last scene we see of Chip. So we get like this entire plot thread of her having a crush on this kid just drops off the face of the earth. Well, were you, were you hoping that uh, we would go, we would get a scene at Chip's house and there would be nothing but uh, non non animate mannequins? Yes, all around? the face, the faceless mannequins from the store is like, Mom, you would not believe the day I had, and it's just. <laughs> Yeah, just dead quiet mannequins that are just staring straight ahead. And he's like, what's that? Yeah. (laughs) Hysterical. (laughs) Oh, mom. (laughs) You've done it again. Ah, I can see where I get my humor from. He starts to cry and like, he's like, dad, you know me so well. (laughs) (laughs) How's How's grandpa doing? And he like leans back and there's like one sitting in a barca lounger, but... None of them are dressed either. They don't look any different than the other one. No, they're He's all like, just ah, watching the ball game as usual. The TV's off. There's just cobwebs everywhere. He's like eating cold dinty more out of the can. He's like, <laughs> this is good soup. This turkey, this turkey dinner you've made is delicious. All right, time for bed. And then he just turns off a little lantern and just sits in a very dim <laughs> dining room. And stares. Yeah, and all, all we see are the lights. <laughs> reflecting off of his eyes that would have been fine but i was also expecting like amy does her best to smooth things over with chip and make it fine for jessica that scene usually happens in a movie like this i have news it does not no however jessica really gives it to amy she says look you've 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 fucking me on this one all right this guy is gonna go back and he's gonna tell everyone that i'm a big weird piss baby with a burned down house and that i wanted to smooch him all right that is private, sensitive information, and you had no right to share any of that. Then she makes the statement, a very bold statement. She says, in fact, I, I wish that I hadn't wished for you to come to life and be my mom for Christmas. Ooh, cannot take words back, you know? Yeah, that's, that's hurtful. Well, then we get a very moody ballad as we get some uh, montage of the two of them going off to their separate rooms and emotionally thinking about what just happened. Jessica tries to undo her pact with the devil by taking off the necklace and throwing it. But um, I have terrible news for Jessica. That is the the the, the, the pact is sealed. I'm sorry. No, the, it, it was it was merely a visual device. Once you have sold your soul to the devil. Uh, no, that that's not going to do the trick. No, that is it. That is it. Yeah, she should have looked down and the necklace should have been right back around her neck. 
No, she gets freaked out because she looks out the window to look at uh, the window across the way that has Amy's room in it. And she thinks she sees Amy laying on the bed as a mannequin. Like, oh, my God, I actually I did it. I, I made her I yeah, made her I a mannequin again. Her. She runs over in a in a in a in a uh, emotional you know huff. She's like, oh my god! She starts banging on the door, but then Amy answers the door. She's not a mannequin, and apparently it's fine. Smooth things over, I guess. I don't know. So Boy, what that did was she a, see? What an emotional roller coaster that was. What did she see? Well, when she looked in the window, she saw like her arms sticking up in the air in the bed, like uh, you know, like she had rigor mortis, basically. Oh yeah, that's a very how unnatural I sleep. thing. Oh yeah, I do uh, remember this. You just just ramrod rigid, just every single <laughs> leg and arm just upside down. Just uh, people can hang their coats on you while you sleep. At school, it seems that they've lost the sand statue because the big pageant's about to happen, and uh, uh, one of the school so this bullies. This is the thing that we're just throwing at the y- at, yes. at the audience. All of a sudden, they're well, like, we've, "Look, we've cleaned up that we mess have, before, and now we have another we have mess." A play where the kids recite raps at Santa, who's a statue. So that's what's happening. Well, here. again, I, again, I don't, I think that whoever wrote this, like had a passing knowledge of Christmas and that like the, the thing with the wishing well and with this, where it's like the pageant is a, a man, like a weird Santa statue is put dead center in the middle of the stage and people come out and give rhyming couplets uh, dressed as like, nativity members like an angel or a wise man it or is, a donkey and then they just shuffle off stage it is possible that this movie was written by a mannequin who some oh. producer was like for christmas i want a i want a bad writer and they're like, <laughs> you got it i got and some turn- shoe tree i got some shoe trees over here that can uh work a typewriter they'll they'll give you a movie Instead of like just being like, fuck it, I guess we're not doing a Santa statue, which I would have done. I've been like, it's weird. Why are we why are we praising? Why this, were we uh, ever doing this in the first place? Why yeah, don't they don't, just say the rhyming couplets to the audience? Yes. Don't don't have this false god that you're praying to. They say we're gonna dress up one of the bullies <laughs> uh in the Santa costume and they're well, gonna no, stand your, in your, your answer your answer would be, well, yes, it's it should be a, a statue of Cthulhu. If yes, we can't get Xanta. Ra, then we will have. The I want true, this. I the want true the, God, the real, the Sun God, Ra, to be there, front and center. The the ones who is who's actually hearing our prayers. They are going to dress up one of the bullies as Santa Claus, and Jessica is concerned that the, one of these bullies is going to sabotage her while she has to go up and give her dumb little rhyming couplet speech. So Amy decides that she's going to go with Jessica to the store, and they're going to get their own Santa. Because if you remember correctly, Philomena saved a Santa mannequin earlier. Yeah, from being garbage. So there's one in storage. So they go to the store and they break them out and they uh, have to sneak around because now there's a camera system in the store and the the store dick is trying to bust uh, people that are stealing shit, apparently. But while they're breaking out the mannequin, the other mannequins help them out by uh, obscuring the cameras with their, uh, their mannequin parts. While they're walking back to the school, so now it's Amy and Jessica and the Santa mannequin that are walking around because the mannequins come to life. And the Santa mannequin's loving all of these different uh, uh, um, uh, decorations that he's seeing for Christmas in the neighborhood as they're walking back to the school. He's like, this is, 
I got all these, uh, got all these lights, and uh, you know, back in my day, you know, we we just got an orange in our stocking. This is this is this is wonderful, this is wonderful. Uh, Andrew, there's uh, there's no reason anybody else would care about this or notice this, but uh, as soon as the Santa started talking, I recognized him immediately. Hmm. He is from A Clockwork Orange. Uh, yes, he is. Yes, he, yes. Uh, Doctor Deltoid is his character's name. But that's correct. As soon as he spoke, I was like, this seems. Oh yeah, I know who this. I know who this creep is. He's got a bit of a British accent, uh, and uh, yes, he's he is a, he is a Santa Claus, uh, but he loves all the decorations. And as they walk by, they see a scene of a bunch of mannequins of carolers and elves and a bunch of horse shit. Amy and Jessica share a moment that they're like, "This is great. I'm glad we could do this. This is wonderful. Christmas is a wonderful time." Meanwhile, this is old... the reason for the season. You walk around and you see lights and, you know, you you walk through intersections without looking both ways. Oh, wait, no. I If I remember, that's not part of this. That is not the reason for the season, but it definitely is a thing that happens this year as old St. Nick off camera wanders into traffic and just gets fucking obliterated by a car. Recreating, uh, recreating the greatest kill from the history of any Halloween movie. <laughs> Yeah, uh, or uh, that uh, that scene in RoboCop where he... I imagine that's how Santa <laughs> shuffled into the street. And the yeah, they just went, crash into Shit! a garbage bag, bag filled with goop, and he just explodes everywhere. That's... <laughs> Yes, uh, when when uh, the the drivers get out of the car, they're like, "Oh my god!" I he walked into the middle of the street, and then they look, and they're like, "Oh, thank God, it's a mannequin." Why the fuck would a mannequin be in the street? But uh, this thing's all in pieces. Jessica's flipping the fuck out. She's like, "Jesus Christ, <laughs> I'm gonna vomit!" Oh my, oh my god. Oh, I can yeah, see his parts. Oh the, my god. The drivers are like, "All right, kick." kick the parts to the side of the road. I think we're fine. And they just keep going. <laughs> yeah, the drivers get back in the car and they're like, oh, thank God I had priors. We didn't, You didn't see anything, all right? Uh, yeah. Uh, the the front end's fine. I, we're just going to go. We're just going to... You seem... You seem... You're, you're upset, but it, you, we're going to go. We're going to... We're going to go. No, they get it. They get in the car. They hold up the, uh, the pint of uh, vodka that they were drinking. They're about to throw it out the window and then they're like, well... Let's finish it off. <laughs> yeah, they then they they swerve around her. They bang into a parked car, run a stop sign, and then just peel off into a different neighborhood. <laughs> yeah. Act three. Boy, we leave on a cliffhanger. Well, we come back and uh, Santa is dead, folks. We're at the lowest point we can get. So that's uh, that's it for Christmas. So sorry, folks. So the Santa the the carolers out front should have told you Christmas is closed. Amy sneaks off to wake up the elf and caroler mannequins that were in someone's front yard to help reassemble Santa. She touches them and apparently can bring them to life. And I've written here, what is happening in this movie? Because I feel like she can, she's got her own, she's like forming a terracotta army is what she's doing. She says, <laughs> I, I will, I will run. I will just decimate this town. Yes. My mindless soldiers will kill for the, for the one true God, uh, Satan. Yeah. You thought it was you thought it was Ra, you thought it was Cthulhu, you thought it was Santa. No, it is Satan. Satan is the true reason for this season. Yes, she brings she brings to life like four or five or six different uh, carolers and uh, little elves and they form a coven circle around the parts of Santa and uh using using Satan's magic, they uh all hold well, hands and an unholy bond is formed. Well, no, and, no. You're you're missing an important point. 
they are not strong enough on their own to breathe mm. to breathe life back into Santa. They need to corrupt the soul of the ah. young girl. Yes. So it's yes. only when her hand touches that, like, the life, the evil bargain is struck up once again. <laughs> That's right. She heard the life in her eyes dim as it brings his back to, back to life. Yes. She yeah. immediately has a terrifying and disgusting miscarriage. <laughs> and you're like, oh, my God, she's 11. Is, what is am I watching an Italian horror film from the 70s? Yeah, a dog, a dog buried in her backyard starts starts uh, coming up from the grave. Uh, she she had a she she didn't she wasn't thinking properly. A, a flash of her former memories uh, came into her mind when this unholy bond was happening. No, Santa's reborn as evil as ever now, <laughs> and the army is returned back to their eternal slumber in the front yard of this uh, of this house, and uh, th- they where they march. will lay in wait. <laughs> That's right. She says, "Your job is done." For now. Yeah, so then they soldier on to their true purpose, which is going back to the school to go to this dumb pageant so she can give a bunch of haikus and rhyming couplets. Jessica forgets her lines while she's on stage, but uh, Santa Mannequin feeds her the correct line. But Mark, talk about professionalism. I was under the impression that we were supposed to be off book by this point. I mean, come come on, folks. You have a dress rehearsal for a reason. What's upsetting to me is that Jessica, even though, yes, she did give up her one, her holy immortal soul so, so that Santa can once again walk the earth and kill all that he pleases. When she forgets her line, she's just staring into the audience and people start sniggering. And again, it's a rhyming couplet. And evil Santa doesn't have the, the guts to say the next line is from Nantucket. <laughs> And she's like, "Oh, that's right." No, he should have said he should have said uh, the next line is, and then recited the curse to open up the final seal. Oh, and the book of just, the dead. Yeah, yeah. She just unwittingly says it, and then just we just see the doors slam shut, and the 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 stage start to shake. That's what it should have been. Well, she says her line, and apparently everything goes great. Uh, Dad also we snaps a picture. We feel sad that we have lost our families, though. Klaatu Barata Nikto. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. Oh, boy. Boy, is my face red. Dad snaps a picture of Jessica as well. So, you know, now he's got an actual picture. So in case she ever gets kidnapped, he can show the police something that isn't when she was three. Yeah. Jessica back at the house goes to bed. But as Amy is leaving to go to her room, Dad leans in and gives her a kiss, which Mark, by this point in the film, this seems way too forward right let's think about this okay we know we know as an audience that amy is like a mannequin that's come to life through some magic horse shit blah 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 she's looking over jessica all the dad knows is this woman showed up a week ago and was like hey i have a job a part-time job at the local department store it would really help me out if i'll watch your daughter but also if i had a room to stay in that was separate from the house that would be very nice. Uh, I know I can't necessarily pay you, but I'll only be here for two weeks. It seems to be good for, for Jessica. And even though it's a weird setup, like that's all the dad knows. And presumably that's all that he's witnessed of her. But now they have a couple bevies in them. And now he feels forward enough to give her a big old smooch on the lips. It feels a bit forward. Am I wrong? 
Well, yes, it, it's a little bit complicated, and it's a, it's, I, I don't, I don't necessarily know what the solution is, but yes, the dad shouldn't be making the first move. She should be looking at her books and being like, oh, when, when the man of the house comes home, you make him a pitcher of uh, martinis. And <laughs> there should be, there should be at least that scene where they like brush hands against each other, right? It, it, well, it, no, I, like... I think, I think that she should be doing like this weird 1950s housewife thing. And he is creeped out. He's like, this mm-hmm. is, you, you are an employee. You live here. Uh, my daughter seems to like you. I'm not really sure what's going on. And then she, you know, kind of like learns something about, because she needs to learn about humanity, right? In order to become a full human. He right. can't just, he can't just plant one on her and be like, all right, now you're mine. Like, that, that doesn't work as far as, like, uh, how to tell a story, in my opinion. No, this this reeks of, like, you know, he's a college professor, and this is a student that, like, is coming over to, like, study, and then he's, you know, it's like, oh, well. And, Andrew, I've, I've, told, I've told you not to mention my dream journal. <laughs> well, because he then, like, lays this real big guilt trip on her, and he's like, this is the first time in eight years that I felt like this for somebody. You know, it's, I've, it's been, a, it's been hard for me, but, uh, you know, I, I feel like with you, it's different. And it's like, whoa, whoa. Okay. Again, you've known her for a week. Well, what about this? What if the solution is she, she sees a billboard when she leaves Gimbal's, right? And yes. It's a and, woman. And it says chase what matters. And she's like, chase, exactly. Get it together. <laughs> Um, and she's she, like, what is, what is squirt? I don't, I don't know what that is, but, uh, I, I'll give it a try. <laughs> I don't have a smartphone. I guess I could track one down. No, she sees a billboard. She sees a, a very nineties billboard and it's a woman kissing a man. And she's mm-hmm. like, Oh, that's, that's what, that's how people say hello to something. And it's like, taste the taste of wetness. <laughs> so every person that she runs into in this movie, she just gives a wet, sloppy kiss on the mouth. And mm-hmm. it freaks them out. And that's how she gets the gas. And then when she does it with the dad, there's a look in both their eyes where they're like, oh, this is what that was supposed to signify. Oh, that's I mean, that's something that's something at least different. Instead, it's I don't know. It feels weird. But yes, it, it, instead, the thing is, he's like, you you showed up. You seem dumb. You lit my house on fire. I'm going to I'm pretty toasty. I'm going to make out with you. I'm going to make a pass also, at you. So keep in mind, you are technically an employee. Yes, ex- exactly. Like, there's some, there's a lot of weirdness to this, but uh, they they share a smooch, and then um, he says, I haven't felt like this way in a while. Amy turns to leave, and then she comes back and then reciprocates another kiss with the dad and then leaves again, and the dad looks like he just, this that was the best night of sex he's ever had in his life. He looks fucking spent uh yeah i know what that looks like <laughs> i see that all the time in the mirror am i right ladies this guy am gets right? it okay Every okay <laughs> <laughs> i'm laughing amy, amy goes to talk to jessica and she says look i get it now all right i was a babe in the woods and now i understand when you mentioned that uh the way that you feel about somebody uh like what you did with chip now I get that feeling. 
and it's with your father. And she's like, oh my god, you want to fuck my dad? Jesus oh, Christ. Now this is, I didn't say I wanted my dad to have a wife for Christmas. I said I wanted a mom for Christmas, for Christ's sake. There's a difference. I just want to, it's platonic. The two of you sleep, you should sleep in separate beds. I have different needs you need to attend to. Now if you're banging him, it's going to complicate everything. Amy says she feels about it, that she feels that way about the dad that she feels about Chip. However, time is ticking. She, the wish only is supposed to last until Christmas Eve, the, the stroke of midnight on Christmas Eve. So fuck me, all right? I got two days to live life and drink and smoke and do all this horse shit. I don't know. Yeah. I, I don't want to sleep during those two days, so I've just been doing coke. I'm just, oh my God, I'm juiced to the gills. Boy, this is great. I want, it's like awakenings over here. I I, I can't go back to that sleep. You want some dust? <laughs> I've got plenty. <laughs> well, at the store, Jessica gives Philomena the old sob story. She's like, Amy can't go back to being a, a man I can because I need a mom and my dad wants to screw. Philomena says, look, kid, you ain't the first one that's laid this rap on me, all right? <laughs> She's like, take a number. I got I to gotta line out the door about people who want to bang these uh, mannequins, all right? I'm not, I'm not running a brothel here. I don't know what you thought I was. I'm a witch, not a pimp. Philomena says, look, here's the deal. I followed the rules. You said you wanted a wish. You got a mom for Christmas. Guess what? You got a mom for Christmas. Guess what? Christmas is going to be done and over with. And that's when your mom goes away. You didn't say I want a mom for a lifetime. You should have read up on that monkey paw horse shit because uh, it got you in the end. So yeah, you fucking bad, thought you had so one sad. over on yeah, old yeah, Philomena, you thought, didn't you? You thought you were smart, you piece of shit. Fuck you. Puts the cigarette out, flicks it in her face. Yeah. I read you like a fucking Spider-Man comic book, you I dumb. Got you. I got you, you little dumb brat. motherfucker. Philomena says, look, here's the deal. We can try. Throws the cigarette butt onto that uh, big pile of uh, children's pajamas immediately. Just, oh, my just, God. Just the, the, the entire whole town store. goes up in flames. <laughs> it's like when the fireworks factory catches on fire in a town. It's just you just everyone yeah, has just, to lay on the ground boom. for an hour. Philomena says, here's the deal. Uh, we can try and subvert Satan's rules here, but he's not going to be happy about it. Here's what's going to happen. I will meet up with you at 1130 before the stroke of midnight for on Christmas. Uh, we Bring will try and we'll try and hold on to Jessica or we'll try and hold on to Amy. But I cannot promise you anything. Amy's going to be a mannequin again. Uh, and and may, maybe maybe she will. Maybe she won't. We'll try and hold on to her. Jessica brings up uh, as well to uh, um, Philomena. She's Philomena. like, what? What is going to happen to her if she turns back into a mannequin? And what happens to, like, I see all these dead-eyed, uh, you know, faceless mannequins here. What happens to the mannequins that she just toss away? And Philomena very, like, um, cryptically, she's like, look, I try and save the ones I can, but uh, I can't save them all. And it's like, oof, what a, what a, what a, just an absolutely horrifying, just, like, just this, these soulless uh but living creatures just thrown in a dumpster somewhere just constantly just agonized in pain for two hours a day for the rest of time is that what happens no what 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 happens to the ones that i can't save well they're angry at humanity and eventually they will have their time to exact their revenge <laughs> so uh make make what you, make hay while you can while the sun shines because the darkness is coming 
Yeah, and it is endless. The store detective nabs both Amy and Jessica as he uh, he feels like he's got all the clues. He's got the motive. He's got the uh, the the he's got Beans. the warrant. He's got the crook. He's got uh, he's he's, he's got uh, Robo Crook. Yeah, he's he tells the... he tells Philomena that uh, she's a virus and he's the cure. <laughs> he nabs Amy and Jessica after he compares their bracelets, and uh, Amy is like, "No, man, we got to tell them the truth." So he takes them into into in a sequester into holding. They're in the the office at the uh, the store as he tries to get them to to fess up because again this mannequin's missing and so are a bunch of clothes. So tell me about that, Amy. Amy says, uh, "I don't know what to tell you. Uh, it seems like some." She says that a bunch of money has been appearing in cash registers all around the store that maybe equals all of the clothing that was somehow got pilfered. So maybe you've come out uh, back even. I don't know. I'm just spitballing here. But Amy also refuses to lie. She's very naive. She's like, I used to be a mannequin. Now I'm not. I'm here. Um, I don't know what to tell you. I'll be a mannequin again. Uh, however, this doesn't really go anywhere because like some official of the store comes in and it's like, legal says we got to let him go. Uh, also, yeah, this, apparently- this, yeah, new character shows up and is like, hey, um, it doesn't matter. You didn't catch them with anything. She has a bracelet that you saw somewhere else. Guess what? <laughs> doesn't we matter. S- guess what? We sell those at the store. You dumb idiot. Let and them go, you asshole. <laughs> the detective's like, oh, I'll get you. But this was Hogan. like, they made it. Yes. they. they did, did you know? <laughs> did you know that Amy had a had a radio in the coffee pot? She did. Hmm. <laughs> This would have made sense if they were if the tick and clock were being used here where the the you know it's like the detective's like you're going to stay here until we get this all sorted out even if it's past I can midnight. Hold, I can hold you for 12 hours. Yes. But in, something like but that. But in 10 hours I turn to a mannequin. Yeah, that's fine. Yes, but instead that ticking clock is is spoken of and then immediately dissipated when they're like you got to let him go. So then they both leave. Uh, and uh, they go back to the house and open up uh, presents. They exchange presents with each other, the dad, Jessica, and Amy. Uh, the uh, d- the dad surprises everyone, though, because he gives Amy uh, a big bag, and then he also says, I bought three plane tickets to Hawaii. I want you to come to Hawaii with me and with Jessica. And I'm like, oh, my God, dude, what are you Amazingly doing? Amazingly <laughs> gross. Very Just- forward. This completely is, wrong. This is way too fast. Like this, this would even if they were into each other, even if like Amy was, it, she obviously is into him. But even then, like uh, if 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 I were dating a girl after like a week and a half that we kind of knew each other, and I was like crashing at her place, and she was like really forward about it, and she's like, "Yeah, let's go to fucking Hawaii. We're going tonight." I I would be like, "Oh my god, <laughs> this is." Um, that's un- that makes me a little uncomfortable. Well, no, you have to imagine she's like, Andrew, these past five nights where we have been intimate together for two of which we've made out, we've flirted a little bit, have been wonderful. I want you to come to Hawaii with me and my child for five days. You would be like, whoa, uh, a little, uh, little early for that, I think. That is... Yeah, I, 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 I might have other stuff to do. I don't know. She's probably got shifts at the store, right? Like, yeah. I, I just feel like one. I and once had a. Would, I, and then she would look at you and say, "Do you have work?" 
and then just sadly be like, I'll get my bag. All right. Amy, however, turns it down. She says, no, I, I don't even I don't have hours. I don't have days. I only got minutes and uh, I can't do this. So she sadly leaves, but they kiss and then she leaves. Upstairs in Amy's room, Amy dresses up uh, with the uh, clothes she had when she was originally a mannequin in the store. Uh, and uh, Philomena, who said she's going to be there at 1130. This is Mark. When I saw this, I was like, this is you and me where we're like, yeah, 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 we'll be there 1130. <laughs> and then it's like 1120. And we're like, ah, fuck. Uh, and then we like punch it into ways. And we're like, it should only take me like 25 minutes or so to get there. It's like kind of close to 1130. And then there's an accident on the 405. And we're like, Oh fuck! <laughs> no, no, it sh- it should be it's it's eleven o'clock, and she's like, "Where's Philomena?" Smash cut to uh, interior salt and straw, being like, "Look, I know I already tried the <laughs> lavender chocolate. Let me try it again." <laughs> I just want just I I don't think I got enough lavender. I got the chocolate. I just didn't get the lavender. Well, let, Give me let the me, um. Give me the pumpkin pie. I'm going to try the pumpkin pie again. All right. Can we do a split with the pumpkin pie and the... uh... You know what? Let me try the lavender again. (laughs) (laughs) Someone someone in like the line that's out the door just throws a shoe through a window and leaves. Yeah, they're, they're like... They're like, God damn it, it's eleven twenty-five. This place closes in five minutes. And then like we like look up, we're like, that why does that sound so familiar? Eleven twenty and the, yeah, we look up eleven twenty-five. Eleven twenty-five? Give me sprinkles. <laughs> no, it then it then cuts to it, it's like us like screaming tires with an interior car. We have two cones and we're driving with our knees. Like <laughs> I couldn't I couldn't go with the half. I had to go waffle cone. Uh, pumpkin pie, and then or sugar cone, uh, lavender chocolate. I, I couldn't yeah, decide. Didn't want to do a split. It's not. It's not the same. Well, uh, Philomena's caught in traffic, and uh, it, it it seems Jessica uh, goes up to try and stop Amy, but Amy's physically being pulled towards the store. She like she can't help herself. She's like a, a moth drawn to the flame. She she starts walking towards the store to return to her place as part of Satan's army. Jessica, meanwhile, goes in and tells her dad. Andrew, she's like, I have, I have, I have a underlined on my note sheet. Capitalism? Question mark. <laughs> we tried it, Mark. It's going to happen during this. Everyone's going to get very comfortable with a a living wage being provided to them by the the the, the government, the state. And apparently, apparently we being... always could have. No, no, we we again, we will be we, the the ship will be righted to the way it needs to go. Brutal, crushing. Debt under the boot of capitalism, all right? That's the way it is, that's the way it was, and that's the way it shall be. Anyway, Jessica gets her dad, and she's like, hey, man, Amy's leaving. We got to go get her. They then, uh, a Jessica and the dad head to the store as well. Amy gets into the store. The store detective sees her on the closed-circuit television cameras and tries to track her down through there. However, he almost gets run down by the chauffeur in his Jaguar, and the chauffeur <laughs> says... <laughs> the chauffeur says you should go home and the store dick passes out because he's like oh my god a mannequin talked to me ah. it's very funny we all had a big laugh anyway i laughed amy... i had to stop the movie <laughs> that's right you 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 it, the laughter turned to tears and then it just became a 45 minute fit and, and your neighbors were like what is going on in there 
Yeah, it was. It's like when you when you uh, die of the Joker, you know, gas. You like yes. laugh so hard, and then it's like painful, and you can't breathe, and then you stop, and you're like, "All right, where was I in the movie?" And you play it again, and you're like, "Oh God, not again." Amy takes her position back uh, in her mannequin display and turns back into a mannequin, and Jessica is very upset by this. She says, however, she's like, we have to hold on to her. And the dad's like, this is a goddamn mannequin. I want to, where's that smoke show that I was trying to bang and take to Hawaii? What the fuck? What the fuck? Yeah. Where's, where's the beauty school dropout? Oh, that's the other girl. All right. Oh, well, I haven't one, seen the which movie one had the, Which one had the pregnancy scare? Well, I don't know. I'm going to pass. Pass on her. Mark. Uh, so then uh, she says, look, just, just fucking, just work with me here let's hold on to her so both of them hold the mannequin's hand and create another unholy coven circle and through, well, it, through yeah at the cost of the father's soul exactly she can't she knows the daughter knows that she's already given up her uh, eternal spirit to santa now she needs another another uh, uh blood pact to uh continue the cycle of uh, uh of the unholy uh, decimation of, of, of humanity. Yeah. And, uh, she got it through her dad. All right. <laughs> Don't always trust your kids folks. Well, uh, it turns out that, uh, through the, through the power of Satan and Beelzebub himself, uh, Amy is reborn, but not through the mannequin. The mannequin remains, but the, apparently the physical manifestation of Amy as a person, uh, uh appears behind them and now becomes flesh reborn uh somehow i don't know it's yeah it's sort of a pinocchio but like not quite yes the woman the 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 mannequin does not become a real person in that wood and plastic become flesh the plastic remains but the flesh appears the new flesh all hail the new flesh (laughs) yes exactly but yeah that's the thing is we don't see uh, uh, we don't see Amy's stomach, but if we look there, there's a big, huge, gaping there's hole. A VHS. Yeah. Yes, that you can stick a tape in. Philomena finds the store detective and offers to drive him home. Uh, and uh, the happy family leaves the store, uh, and we get a we see a group photo of the three of them together in a frame in the the burned out husk of their old family room. And that's the end of A Mom for Christmas. Mark, what did you think of A Mom for Christmas? Andrew, why did this movie not end with Philomena taking the store dick by the arm and the store dick being like, oh man, I don't feel too good. And she's like, I know where to take you where you'll feel so much better. And then he's a mannequin for all eternity. <laughs> Why did that not happen? Yeah, there's that. But also, the real thing that I, I bought, like, I was thinking about it is as I was, you know, I watched it yesterday and I did my notes and then I thought about it today. I'm like, there should have, where is that scene at the end where we see that, like, all of the replacement mannequins are in the store now, but the old mannequins are like, put somewhere where we know that they're not just going to get thrown in the trash and like are living these soulless like godless uh uh hellscape for 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 the rest of time because like yeah amy gets out and as she's leaving everyone's like the mannequins are like bye amy and she's like bye and then she leaves but it's like what about them like uh, there should have been a 
like Philomena, should, we should then cut to, or we in the in the credit bed or something like that. Like Philomena's got like a like a secondhand store or something like that, and we see that all the old mannequins are there, and she's like, oh, I've got you know I've got a lot of options uh, that are shown off very well by some old friends, and we see that the mannequins are there and that they're fine. Instead, like Amy gets no, off the hook no, no, and she's no. happy. But oh, and Andrew, you want you want the you want the uh, chauffeur driving mannequin to be revealed to have become president of the United States, and then he's like, "My cabinet and I will take care of this country for good." And then we see it's all the other mannequins. Yeah, he's like, uh, "Is there any objection from my cabinet?" And he turns the chair, and it's just just filled with mannequins, and it's like uh, in unison, "No, sir." And then the, a big mannequin hand just pushes something that's labeled the button. And we yeah. just see and just, just <laughs> boom. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. I'm uh, yeah. If, if he only needs to be alive for two hours, we can, we can make this work. Yeah. How long is this debate? is we storytelling. Make, like, the debate has to be 90 minutes and it's like, all right, great. Yeah. We do it for 90 minutes and then we shuffle them off stage. We put them in mothballs until the next day. And then we like trot them out for speeches every once in a while. This is a good idea. I'm left though with a couple hanging threads because again, the mannequins, the 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 future of the mannequins are now at stake. We've met a bunch of them, and they seem very helpful. And Amy seems like it, it's like um, it's like Anakin, you know, leaving his mom behind, not even turning around to help her out until like twenty goddamn years later. Mark, he, he said he'd be back. He had things. Yeah, okay. He's like, I gotta train to be a Jedi. I gotta, I got this lady here. She's a, she's a, she's a, she's a senator. She told me a thousand times, I'm a senator. I'm a senator, Annie. Um, it's in committee. Andrew, uh, I read on IMDb that there were talks of turning this into a series. <laughs> I, I guess, like. It would be like small. It would be like small wonder. Essentially, it's like she used to be a mannequin, and now she's she's a mom. It's called mannequin mom, mamakin. That's what it's called. I, I take it back. It's called mamakin. No, nope. manic um, mom day. Ah. Uh, <laughs> oh yeah. Airing on Thursdays. It's manic mom day. <laughs> <laughs> God damn it! People can't seem to find our show on the schedule. <laughs> it's um, it's weird. Because uh, there's that thread, but also the thing with Chip is also one that's just like left in the wind that it's like she has this crush on this kid and you're expecting if it, I maybe maybe I'm 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 looking for too many bows to be tied like, you know, good storytelling doesn't necessarily need to make every single loose end get tied up. But the thing with Chip is so weird because we're we put so much real estate into it in the first and second acts. And then he shows up, and then he's weird, and then he leaves, and then that's it. We just kiss that goodbye, and you well, yeah, expect I, I, some kind of meet, resolution there. We meet Chip before we meet the dad, don't we? Yes, yes. We, so you we would ex- so you would expect that we're gonna get some conclusion on the Chip storyline, and instead he's like, "Oh no, uh, my dad is uh, Michael Jordan on a train set." <laughs> Yeah, you're yes, yes, that's yes. Well, no, her his dad should be the chauffeur at the store. Like they that that's the thing is 
is Philomena know we should get some hint that Philomena knows about Chip because he had a wish last year that seemed very similar. And yes. then we meet and it's like, yes, yes. See? Yes. There's something we could do here to tie them together. Or even if it's as simple as like, you know, Jessica is fucking around in the house and uh, Amy's like, oh, there's somebody on the phone for you, Jessica. And she's like, for me. And then she answers the phone and it's Chip. And he's like, hey, I was curious. Um, uh, and she's like, oh, you're going to call and make fun of me? He's like, no, what, you know, you want to see a movie or something like that? And she gets a smile on her face that she didn't throw him off completely by having a meltdown in front of him. Something at least to like put, put that to bed. Like why, why yeah. do we spend so much time on this if, if she's going to yell at Amy and then like Amy screwed up unknowingly and then there is no resolution to that. I think if I had to guess, there's probably either a scene that was shot that wasn't included in the cut, or um, there were pages at some point that had some resolution, and they're like, "Look, man, it's got to be 90 minutes. We got to chop this down somehow." And Lord knows, we need we need them laughs from this uh, chauffeur driving all cattywampus around the store. Yeah, so I, I think everybody agrees that this movie, A Mom for Christmas, which is about a daughter. Uh, discovering what it is to be a mother and a, a mannequin discovering what it is to be human should focus more on the single white male element. Well, they, well, Mark, I know you're kidding, but they spend a lot of real estate on the goddamn dad, too. No, I agree. Yes, like, they spend too much time on everybody that isn't a mannequin, which, like, when we're watching this movie, we have a million questions about the mannequin. We're like, wait a minute. I need to know what she thinks, what she feels, how she under how she relates to the other mannequins at the store. Like, what does she think of... Do we even know what she thinks of Philomena, the, like... The life bestowing God that God wish yeah, that she has to Yeah, that's the other thing with. too. We is, have no idea. Is we've got this witch or something that's working at this gimbals that is like uh, you know this all seer that at least with the man in the Santa Claus suit, like Gene Kelly, at least had you know he's like playful enough that you can tell that he is like the guy behind the scenes. But it seems like he knows what's going on, even if like he's winking and nodding to the the people that he's talking to that oh this this is just some guy but it's yeah, like he's a play he's a playful nymph yes he's a trickster god meanwhile philomena is like she's trying to be helpful but she's like those are the rules and it's like what rules where what are you talking about what is who 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 imbibed you with this magic spirit and if there are rules like are there more of you somewhere is there some council somewhere Look, man, there's a lot of gimbals in this country, right? And each gimbal, <laughs> every gimbals has a witch. Every gimbals has. Well, we prefer priestess of Baal. Ah, uh, <laughs> excuse me. I apologize. I don't mean to uh, to misnomer you. There, I have a lot of questions, and I I I don't need everything answered. That's for sure. I'm not one of those guys that's like the uh, you know what. What, what do the mannequins eat during those two hours? Uh, are they flesh and bone? Uh, is there, why, why do, you know, shouldn't the security cameras have picked up the other mannequins at some point? Yes. Yes. We have to ask ourselves, like, how bad of an accident would, um, how would Sandy have to befall for her to fall apart? Like, you know, when Santa gets hit by a car, he falls apart. Like, is that what's going to happen to her? Or is it different because she brought Santa Claus to life as opposed or, to Philomena? 
is Amy does is Amy human now or is she still the spirit of this mannequin? Will she age or will she just end up being this like vampire that is just timeless and it will see the fall of of, of empires in front of her and see everyone she knows uh, loves just like be born and die over and over and over again until time just becomes a just a just a a, a, a stretched out line in front of her. Or even more terrifying, will she deteriorate in the way and manner that plastic does? Will like her mm. flesh just like crack and fall off rather than like turning uh, rather than turning gray? Will her hair just crack and fall well, yeah, off? Well, this thing just I don't like, know. Yes, yeah, she won't. Yeah, she. You will just see her bones just underneath her skin as it just flakes off. I don't know. Uh, yes. There's a Obviously, lot of questions. We, we don't need these answers, but it would be nice if you have a mannequin movie about a mother for Christmas. If you have some answers. Also, you they do spend too much time focusing on the dad. Where it's yes. like, it's not a wife for Christmas. It's a mom for Christmas. Like, I want to understand the relationship that these two have. As far as, like, what is what does Amy tell the daughter that no one that no other person could have told like liking boys is weird at your age like that's what she tells her right uh some no i i i yeah i don't know right it doesn't i don't know it doesn't follow through george miller you can make a great mad max you can make a happy feet i don't know if you can make them on for christmas i'm sorry well here's it. well here's the thing is usually on these christmas movies at least the hallmark ones there's like a bit of wish fulfillment that it's like it's it's uh, somebody, you know, falls in love and has a relationship with with some unobtainable, you know, usually it's a woman, uh, you know, that's that falls in love with a guy and uh, the two of them through happenstance realize that they love each other, et cetera, et cetera. They bond over some minor fact. Is there any kind of wish fulfillment in this where, uh, um, you know, somebody somebody is like, oh, it's so romantic to be in the Amy role that it's like, here's this brand new newborn woman effectively that uh, falls in love with this man just because like they don't really, there's no, they have, they share looks at each other, but there's at no point is there like, she has no, she has no uh, background or hooks to, to make it seem like, you know, why, why do they like each other? Yeah. There's no reason for her to like him any more than any other person. Right. She's attractive. She's, you know, she's, and that's what probably, bring, him, you know, no. is, like for, like is hooking all, the dad in. But all, other than yeah, that. But for, as, for her to like the dad, it's like, well, I know that you're bad at raising your daughter. Like, that's <laughs> the only thing she knows about him. Well, that's the thing is like, maybe he's like, okay, with her shooting straight with him. Like, maybe that's something that's attractive. Uh, that she's like, look, man, through, through her naivete, she's like, it, it makes it seem like she takes, she's not going to cut the, she's going to cut the bullshit. But, yeah. like, they don't laugh. She doesn't laugh at all in the movie. Does she know what humor is? It's like trying to romance Data, you know? Come on. Which happens in the show. I will admit that, but it takes a couple seasons to gear up to that. Just, Ultimately, what so I'm saying, saying, though... You're saying, you're saying that you wanted the dad to uh, take Amy on a uh, Sherlock Holmes adventure. Yes. Yeah, exactly. That, that's if how you, that's holodeck, how you romance If they did Data. a holodeck, yes, that's, that's fine. 
the two of them are like, we're, we, we, I've, I got us three tickets. We're going and we're going to play. We're going to, we're going to do the HMS Pinafore and, and, and we're going to do your Sherlock Holmes games. We're going to cosplay a Sherlock. And she's like, uh, I don't, uh, I don't think that I have underwear dry enough for this. <laughs> well, the, the other thing is though, is it like, you know, with the rules, the rules of these mannequins, at least with like, it took the Toy Story franchise like 25 years to uh, uh, finally start asking those questions as to like what is considered alive and what is Life, considered. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Which, you know, brought up a lot of very funny situations in the fourth movie. But, you know, whatever. You can't you can't ex- expect them to answer all the questions at the same time. This is a very weird film. I, yeah, I, it's I a weird film. It's very weird. Uh, but as a Christmas movie, it's fine. I, I, I enjoyed it. I it definitely, I did not expect the magical turn that it took versus something like a grandpa for Christmas, which was very straightforward. Here is a bunch of people that do a thing and they come together through happenstance. And now it's very heartwarming because there's a new family member involved. Uh, that would yeah. be the traditional way to do it. I would, I would recommend this movie purely because it is so bonkers and like, their commitment to the fire scene and like, <laughs> yeah, that, that it does. It comes, it's shocking is what it, it is. It's shocking. It's like and, at the, and it's at the like, 40 minute mark and you're like, Oh God. And then, uh, Amy, like being drawn to Satan's power at the end is like scary in a weird way where you're like, I did not expect this for a Christmas. It's very, movie. Yeah. It's, it's very atmospheric and I did not expect Santa to just get absolutely just obliterated by a car. Oh, yeah, that, that was the other one great. that really, that part, that really <laughs> caught me for a loop. Uh, Mark, is there anything else about uh, a mom for Christmas? Uh, I would say look for it. I would say, yeah, seek it I out. would too. It, it's on I, YouTube. I, it's I not on I, Disney plus. I think it's I would have been, I think I would have been interested in seeing the series. I think I would have th- been. It would have been. It would have been a small wonder. They were like, instead of a daughter being the robot, it's the mom who's like weird and naive and doesn't necessarily understand the way humans interact. That's yeah. what it would be. But um, does she lift the couch up above her head all the time? I don't think so. Probably. <laughs> no, she's not super strong. She's not a robot. She's a mannequin. Andrew, what a what 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 can we look forward to in May other than uh, slowly dying? Well, uh, Mark, for May, I thought it might be a good idea to uh, focus on the problems of other people as, fo- as opposed to focusing on our own problems. We're going to be looking at thrillers in the month of May. Thrilling thrillers. And we're going to start off with a, an oldie, but uh, it seems like a goodie. Uh, we are watching this from 1969 starring Don Murray and Ray Milland, and it is entitled Daughter of the Mind. Mary? Daddy! Mary, where are you? In front of you. Look!
Daddy. I miss you. I miss you and Mommy so much. I've got to go now. No, Mary. They're calling me back. Mary, wait. Oh, Daddy. I hate being dead. <laughs> That's right, Mark. I know you're. I know you already know what the plot is, but it seems that a um, it's an a scientist. What's that? It's an inception. <laughs> well, yes, a scientist. Uh, a scientist believes that his daughter is speaking to him from beyond the grave and is going to try and figure out what is happening. So, yeah, that seems about right. <sighs> yeah. Uh, spooky. Yeah. Uh, so you, you think a bunch of people were, uh, watching this and then every once in a while they'd be like, what, what are those brats up at, uh, that farm in New York doing right now? Yeah, 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 I'm, I'm, yep, yeah, I, or, I think. Or, or, or do you think, or do you think that people were watching, because you said it was 69, do you think people were watching this and then turned the channel over and there was like Neil Armstrong stepping onto the moon and they were like, nah. <laughs> No, I got to see what's going on. Uh, I think I I I don't know. I maybe he's going crazy. I don't know. But I don't know. Maybe the daughter did maybe the daughter is talking to him. Maybe she is she's actually speaking from beyond the grave. I I don't know. It seems both seem plausible. plausible. This moon thing though. I I've seen this in the movies. This seems like a blurry. movie. Scene. I can't even see anything. Well, Mark, uh, look forward to that next time here on TV Movie Night. But if you'd like to listen to past episodes, you can always do that by going to soundcloud.com forward slash TV Movie Night podcast. You can follow us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash TV Movie Night. You can email us at TV Movie Night Podcast at gmail.com. You can subscribe to us on iTunes and leave a review there. You can subscribe to us on Spotify. And I don't think you can leave a review there, but you can tell people that you subscribe to us on Spotify, which is a good enough review in my mind in the first place. And you can always subscribe to us and listen to us on Stitcher. Stitcher. Stitcher, which allows you to stream podcasts directly to your smartphone. All that information and more. SoundCloud.com forward slash TV movie night podcast. Mark, is there anything else? Andrew. I'm alone in my apartment uh, here at the end of April, and I'm looking around at all the all the smiling, uh, red-nosed faces surrounding me, and all I can think is, all I really want is a live Emmett Kelly statue for Memorial Day. Oh, Mark, I have, I have, I have good news and I have bad news. The good news is the pact is sealed. The bad news is, the pact is sealed. Oh my god!